Oh, consent. All right. Uh, welcome back in. It is the Stewcast. You can already hear the Bobcat. He's already riled up. Welcome in. It is week six of Pick'em. We got a lot of stuff to get through. First off, a little uh, house cleaning. Odds Honest Truth on the In The Money YouTube Podcast Network. That's up and running. Go check those guys out. We're, uh, we're doing some good things. I'm doing okay with my college picks. Those guys are on fire with NFL picks. So check them out or check out NC Sports. They're killing it in NFL uh, this year. So do both and uh, support the show. Coming up today, we got it's jam-packed. We got some controversy in the picks. We'll get to that later on. Uh, we've got Rico Beard from 97 won the ticket and uh, host of the Five Star Zone podcast coming up. He's going to break down the Michigan teams as they uh, travel abroad, this great nation, uh, to play some games. So he's got some picks for you. Uh, we'll start off, we'll introduce the cast of characters you know and love. First off, he's Mr. Wednesday Night. He is the whole fucking show chris van dyne mr cbd how are you you i see the camera on you got the purple haze shout out to Dipset. i love it hey i'm good it, we're gonna rock this week let's get it it's gonna be a good weekend sheesh all right there we go let's get it and now uh greg mannix uh personal shoe polisher jc shelton uh, things are going good for you down there in the A. Yeah, yeah. We're by the A, good. I mean Athens. Yeah, Athens. Athens, Georgia, classic city. A beautiful spot where a noon game, the loudest noon game I've ever been to. We actually beat, for all you Big Ten fans out there, we beat the whiteout by like six decimals at noon, people, at noon. We all didn't wear the same shirt. It wasn't, it wasn't a night game. All right. At noon, we had 110 decimals. Arkansas couldn't snap the ball. But yeah, coming off that beautiful day in the Classic City, 5-0. and Georgia is about to take out Auburn this weekend. Uh, but check us out at UGA Football Live, UGA Wire, uh, for all your Georgia coverage. And actually, Stu, you'll like this, commentating the Georgia-Auburn game with a former Georgia Bulldog this weekend. That. Giving away a jersey. Yeah, man, it's going to be a great time. Uh, check us out there. Check us our social media for the info. I, I plan on trying to have that on a little bit while I'm uh, while I'm at the uh, Michigan State game this week. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Arthur Lynch, right, is is your uh, co-host. He a, a phenomenal yeah. tight end. Very, oh yeah, dude. And I thought the episode you guys had with him and Orson Charles a couple weeks ago, really good. So check out JC. JC's moving up in the world. He's friends with J-Boy. He's he's making moves, man. Tomorrow, by the way. Yep, 12 o'clock. Well, record at 12. I'm not going at 3, but J-Boy tomorrow. Beautiful, man. I love that. Uh, and finally, he is – he's a wild animal. He's an endangered species. He may have eaten um, some sort of animal carcass tonight. He is the bobcat. He is John. Castorani. John, thanks for uh, doing the show from the road. I know you're busy. You're, you're moving. You're shooting. You're moving. You're communicating. I love it. Absolutely. I just got to pick one bone with JC and that Georgia Bulldog education. He said they beat out Penn State by six decimals. I guess now we register sound on the Dewey Decimal System. Uh, shout out to JC and that great education. Roll Can you hear a car? Aren't you in a car, Bobcat, or something? Can you hear the audio clearly? You, it, I hear you. I hear you clearly. It's all in, in fairness. In know. fairness, you did say decimals, but you also said Penn State's in the Big Ten, and we don't recognize them. All right, uh, let's Dewey let's Decimal System, everybody. Dewey Decimal. That's what Georgia registers sound on. He was a good like guy. your local library. Well said. The more you know. Uh, let's start off. With a Big Ten game, um, technically, uh, Iowa hosting uh, J.C.'s favored Nittany Lions. Iowa given two. We're going to start off with Mr. Wednesday Night CVD. What do you got to say? Uh, this Iowa team is on a roll, man. I, and I know both teams are, but uh, Iowa's been, I think, more impressive 
despite the fact that their offense hasn't really shown much, but you know, when you're, when your defense is turning the other team over constantly on your own side of the field, you don't have to do much. And that's what happened last week. Maryland ran into a buzzsaw. I think that Tagovailoa is a much better and much more trustworthy quarterback than Sean Clifford. So I, I, I don't think this Penn State offense is going to do much against Iowa's defense. Um, it's remember Penn State was trailing against Wisconsin in the fourth quarter, as we've seen. So Wisconsin team that's really struggling, uh, got an interception on the goal line that really changed that game. I, I just don't see where Penn State's going to be able to score enough points. And I do think that Iowa at home in Kinnick Stadium is going to get it done. They dominated this series until uh, – until last year, I believe, um, no, I'm sorry, Penn State had been dominating the series, but Iowa came out with a 20-point win last year. And this, this is an Iowa team that uh, has been just covering left and right. Um, I'm not going to hold too much into the uh, Penn State shutout over Indiana. Penix got hurt, and it's an Indiana team that's just really struggling. So I'm on Iowa here. I, this isn't one of my favorite games of the week, but uh, anytime you're – your team is plus 157 yards uh, with a 24 to 14 first down edge, forcing seven turnovers like they did last week. You're going to give yourself a chance at home, especially now. So I'll, I'll take Iowa. I'll lay the couple points. I, I don't think they'll have a trouble covering it. All right, let's go to Bobcat. You have some uh, hot takes uh, you were hitting me with earlier today on Iowa. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, you know, Stu, I mentioned earlier today that uh, Lord have mercy. Iowa is playing as good of defense as those dogs down in Athens, Georgia. But, however, you know, we spoke about it. I was, I was re-watching Iowa film today. Iowa ain't played nobody with an explosive offense. But they did make Leah look, like, absolutely foolish. I think he threw five interceptions. I had to, like, double-take that stat line and, and count them with my whole left hand, which I've never done before, count on my fingers. Uh, and look, I got to take Iowa here, but the under is also juicy because Penn State ain't no slouch on defense. They're just not. And look, bring your fucking lunch pails for fans. That's what it's going to be. I like this an under game. I think Iowa does win there. All right, Chris, do you know what the uh, under is off offhand? I don't. I, it's low 40s. I know that. I'm guessing 41 and a half. Yeah, four, I'm seeing 41, 41 and a half. Got a couple low 40s games this week. Maybe we'll see another one on the picks. That's low, but it does make sense, obviously, because of how both defenses are playing. All right. Uh, apparently, the second best defense in the country, according to Bobcat, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs beat writer. What do you got to say about the Hawkeyes? Well, first off, Bobcat, what what – film are you watching I, I really don't know about that one um but i will say that just to put it in perspective because bobcat had to may it, say it i wasn't even trying to bring this up but georgia yards allowed total through five games 889 iowa 1357 yards per game allowed georgia 177.8 iowa 271.4 almost a whole hundred yards difference there Anyways, let's move on. Iowa's defense is playing really well, guys. I really like them a lot. I've been on Iowa a couple of times this year in my dog picks. Um, I think their defense is really good. Now they're not against Georgia, obviously. I mean, we just pointed that out. But they're really good, especially in a Big Ten. I mean, they're almost like Georgia right now in the Big Ten comparatively. So against this Penn State offense and Clifford, I don't have any trust in him whatsoever. I really don't. Um, I don't think Auburn is very good. I think we're going to expose them this week, and I think that was their best win. Um, I really like Iowa's defense to control the tempo, control the, uh, you know, place on the field, the field position here, um, and that'll help special teams, obviously. I think it'll be a, a low-scoring game. I don't think Penn State's going to be able to do it on third down, um, and I just trust Iowa's run game. To just They're like the Derrick Henry of the college football right now. They run you down, especially in the second half, uh, so give me Iowa to win. All right. JC, are you wearing a Barstool shirt? Oh, oh, yeah, let me go ahead and show this. Viewers. Yeah, go ahead and read it to them, Stu. Can you see it? Bow 22 moves, 10 to Boss three. moves, boss moves, oh. boss moves. It's the top five recruiting class in the country. 
and that's 10 to three over your Clemson Tigers. Yeah, that's looking real impressive. Really sure. I do like it now. Thank you. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice little bar stool. Bar stool, you getting after it. Uh, and and I'll throw this out there for the folks. We're trying to. We may have a barstool personality on the show next week, so that'll be very fun. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, I, I'm going to get to this game later on. It's on my picks. Um, Red River shootout. I'm going to call it a shootout, not a rivalry. It's a shootout. Oklahoma taking on Texas. Hook them. The fighting McConaughey's getting three and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bobcat. He loves both these teams so much. Big 12 football is like his life. He's our Big 12 expert. Bobcat, what do you think? Yeah, I call it the Red River Fried Oreo Championship of offenses that have underperformed for 2021. That is Uh, the official name of of the Big 12 championship, though. So I'm happy that you're naming it. Absolutely. Look, Texas is going to beat that ass by a million. Rattler looks like Michael Penix, and Penix has six knee replacements, all right? So what the fuck is your excuse, Spencer Rattler? What are you doing? The last four games have been one-possession games. You guys look atrocious. I thought this was the year. It's not the year. Look, this is not OU football. It's a one-off year. Look, and don't even get me started on that defense that everybody hyped up all freaking offseason long in Norman, Oklahoma. Boring sooner. Hook them. All right. I like it. Shout out. If you guys want more content on this game, by the way, I'll, I'll use this plug. Our, our friends at Texas Football Talk, uh, Jeremy and Clint Lockerbie, um, they're doing big things. Uh, me and Bobcat would appreciate them. Jer- Jeremy's, uh, he's currently in. Uh, he's a first lieutenant right now uh, down at Fort Hood. So uh, God bless him. Um, love him. I'm not going to thank him for his service because we did service too. All right. Uh, JC. What's your opinions on this game, brother? So I, I really like Bobcat's Bobcat's name for this Red River rivalry now uh, because they, it makes sense. I mean, both – I'm looking at this game earlier, and I don't like Oklahoma's offense, whatever. I think Texas offense is finally getting their groove back uh, here in, in, under Sarkeesian's <laughs> system, um, and I think they're moving the ball well. I, I think Oklahoma – Bobcat's right again about them just being hyped up on defense, and that's what really – it kind of made me a little angry now because I'm like, why do we waste time talking about Oklahoma's defense being they're, they're getting better. They're getting better. I had several people on my podcast say that to me. And I was like, what, what earth are you on? What are you talking about? That the stats don't back it up and they're really not playing. They yet. To, I mean, I took them to cover last week, 10 thought they would do it. Of course, let me know. That's like two weeks in a row. They can't cover. Um, and so they really just, they've ruined it for me. I like Texas because of that. And uh, give me a Sarkeesian, Texas, Texas will win. All right, I like that. All right, let's go to our resident uh, Joel Santana expert, Chris Van Dyne. Uh, you know, the way Texas is playing right now, earlier in the year, we thought they were down and out. Uh, coming back. <laughs> I'd like that. I got it. I got it. I liked it. I, I was hoping you did, Stu. Uh, they, they came back after the Arkansas game, and they, they've really played well since. A TCU game, a five-point win, that's a rivalry uh, in a, a game they needed to win. TCU was angry coming uh, coming off that loss, but Texas still pulled it out. Um, I just – I don't know what to think of Oklahoma. Like everyone said, just what's up with all these close games? You can't beat Kansas State by more than six. You're struggling and only put up 16 points against West Virginia. You have a close game earlier this year. You let Tulane back in the game. Um I just don't know how to trust them right now. I'll take Texas uh, with the points reluctantly because I just feel like every eventually Spencer Rattler is going to show up and have a big game. I just don't know when it's going to be, and it's probably going to be the week I play against them. So I'm trying to hold off until that happens and just stay away from Oklahoma games right now because I, I just don't I don't trust them, but I, I know what they're capable of. So um, Texas. If I had to take something on the over, I, on the on the total, I'd probably take the over. But yeah, I don't want anything to do with this game. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be there with you. I, it, you know, we're so used to getting those Todd Herman's, you know, seven and a half point lines uh, that we just always just bet. Uh, if if I had to give a pick on who wins, I th- I, I got to agree with JC and the Bobcat. I, I kind of like Texas here. You look at how efficient their offense has been. You look at the pace they play at. And how how inept Spencer Rattler has looked at times. I I, I might go Texas hook them here, but if my play if I if if you gave me money, you said I had to bet on it. I'd take the over. This game routinely goes into the over, and uh, if not, only because it's always in overtime. Um, so we'll go with that, folks. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna segue into our friend Rico Beard. His analysis on Michigan State Rudigers, what a shit team. Um, they're garbage. They're a garbage team. And anybody that would pick them is an idiot. Uh, uh, absolute troglodyte. <laughs> Michigan State Rutgers and uh, Michigan Nebraska, the fighting Cornhuskers. Rico, let's take it away. And you'll also hear some words from our friends at uh, In The Money, which uh, appreciate their sponsorship of this program, uh, throwing that out there. So we'll be back right after these. If you like the StuCast, you might want to check out what's going on over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com and on the In The Money Media Network. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts devoted to horse racing from the player development side to the week in, week out gambling side to the horseman side. There's going to be a show for you. Come check us out in the moneypodcast.com and we look forward to seeing you there. All right. Glad to be joined at this time by a recurring guest. He's back again. He's a co-host on one of the best sports shows in the country, whether it be radio, TV, iPad, whatever, however you get it. The Rico and Valeni show every day, two to six, 97, one, the ticket uh, available also on odyssey.com for your playback. It comes in clutch at work. Trust me. And he is the host of the five star zone podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's there. He is a great Rico Beard. Rico, it's always great to sit down and chat with you, man. Now, thanks for having me on once again. Apparently, I'm doing something right. You keep bringing me back. Well, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of – we were talking a little bit offline. We, You know, we've converted some Jersey folks that listen to you uh, on their way to Rucker tailgates before they lose and stuff like that. So, if people are enjoying the show, and people enjoy you like I do, so – it's, it's always a pleasure. Um, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Two games, guest picker this week. Uh, we'll start with the B game here. Michigan traveling to Nebraska. Game opened at one, Michigan giving one. Now it's gone out to three and a half, Michigan favored. Uh, this Nebraska team, you saw them up close and personal a few weeks ago against Michigan State. W- what's your take on this Nebraska team? Because it really – a 50-point win against Northwestern, is that a mirage? Is that just how bad Northwestern is? What, where do you see this team at? Nebraska is a good team, but Nebraska is their own worst enemy. Nebraska is a team, they're, they're kind of like Maryland. You know you could probably beat them, but they got a game or two in them where they're going to shock and surprise people. You just don't want to be on the bad end of that. So – because they find ways, I always say, you know, uh, Adrian Martinez goes Adrian Martinez, and he'll throw an interception or he'll get a fumble. He'll do something late in the game, leaves you scratching your head like, my God, you still keep doing this type of stuff. But they have talent. They have, you know, the defense is really good. They just can't get out of their own way. So, yeah, if you're Michigan, you better be on high alert. It's a night game. It's in Lincoln. It's going to be raucous crowd packed. If you're Michigan, you got to come in there. And the good thing that Michigan has done, they haven't. They got one turnover, and that was by the, the third string quarterback. But other than that, they don't beat themselves where, yeah, Nebraska, 
they beat themselves all the time. And that's why, I mean, if you think about it, that's why they lost the Michigan State game is, you know, they, they like late in the game, they fumbled on the third down. They had to punt. Uh, the, the pick in overtime, you know, it looks like they were going to at least go up early, and then he throws the pick that almost went back for a pick six. They're a good team. Now, for Michigan, it's their Achilles heel going all the way back since I, I, Lloyd Carr, mobile quarterbacks. They can't handle a mobile quarterback. If you look at all of Michigan's big upset losses throughout history, the common denominator was the opposing team had a mobile QB. Michigan's not built for that. They're built for keeping that quarterback in the pocket. But the second you break containment, they got nothing. I mean, even, you know, I, I think back to was in 2005 when, 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 or 2004 when Drew Stanton was eating them up. And then once he breaks his leg, Michigan came back in and then Braylon Edwards scored all the touchdowns at the end. But they couldn't stop Drew Stanton. They can't stop mobile quarterbacks, whether it was going way back to Cordell Stewart, whether it was Donovan McNabb, or you name it, or just even more recently, if you're if you have any bit of mobility in you, look at all the Ohio State QBs they can't beat. Look at the Florida QBs. Look at everybody. If you can scramble, if you can run, they can't stop it. I think that's why the line is down to about three right now. And just keep it, – it may even dip down a little bit lower. You know, I really uh, – as much as I hate to say it, I, I really do have to give some kind of credit to this Michigan team. It, it, it's a lot better than what I thought me or, or yourself kind of projected in the offseason with how much nonsense was going on with the program, all the changes, the moving of parts. Do you, do you think it's that Michigan is maybe just a lot better than what we thought, or do you think it's uh, a competition factor? Because that, that Wisconsin and Washington game doesn't look – it doesn't look as no, great as it did. they don't really. look good. But still, I, th- I think you're, what you're looking at is a little bit of both. I think that they are good. If you're disciplined and you don't turn the ball over, you're going to always be in a game. Their, the combined record of their opponent, I think, is 13 and 11. Not world beaters. Nobody ranks. Washington is god-awful. Oregon State pounded them into the ground. Basically, they did the same thing that Michigan did, showing that it really wasn't that special. You know, Wisconsin, I, I, I think people just need to realize that this year, Wisconsin's bad. It ain't to take away from Michigan. I, Clemson's bad. You, know, you, you can look at the helmet all you want. That helmet's not going to win you games. Wisconsin did something very stupid, and, I, and I'm kind of shocked that Paul Chris, he, he listens to the crowd. He listens to the people and the boosters. Put the five-star QB in, Jack Cohn. You know, who's Jack Cohn? Well, he went to Notre Dame. He looked pretty good. This offense would look a lot better if he was there. And Mertz is horrible. Uh, yeah, he's, he was a five-star. That was high school. Hunter Johnson, the Northwestern QB, he was a five-star. He stinks, too. It, it doesn't always work out the way that you think it's going to work out. I think, what is it, um, is it, is it Chase Bryce or Bryce Chase? I forgot yeah, which Chase, one. Yeah, Chase Bryce, the App State quarterback. Yeah, yeah he's at App State. Another five-star QB. Just because some high school idiot said that you were really good doesn't mean it's going to translate, and that's Wisconsin. I mean, who Wisconsin can't block, they can't run the ball, they can't move the ball at all on offense. That's not Wisconsin football. Wisconsin football is, uh, it's basically, you know, you're going to eat pizza whether you want to eat it or not. They're just going to jam it down your throat. Well, I don't want any more. Doesn't matter. Eat some more pizza. So for Michigan, they, they beat the teams that are on their schedule. That's all you could ask them to do. The game against Nebraska is going to be, a little bit of a challenge for them because, as I said, it's going to be the first time all season that they had to come up against a mobile QB. Let's see what happens, and you know, then they and, you know, they take it from there. Then they got, I think they got the bye week, and then followed by Northwestern. Yeah, a nice tune-up game for the big game. Uh, so Nebraska getting three against Michigan at home Saturday night. What's your pick in this one? Um, my gut tells me that history is going to repeat itself. And I, I think that Nebraska 
this is it for them, man. Scott Frost is desperate. Scott Frost, if you beat Michigan, it's enough to get the people off your back. It's at night. If this game was during the day, I probably would take Michigan. But the fact that it's at night, I look for a late game. Now, here's the thing. Nebraska's kicker is horrible. Yeah. Inconsistent. He, and his, he was like the Big Ten kicker of the year last year. And this year, he can't kick his way out of a paper bag unless he was playing state. And then he was perfect on everything. But I think he lines up, kicks a field goal, and Nebraska walks off. Student section rushes the field. All right. I, I like that uh, visual. Uh, let's go to Piscataway, the birthplace of, of college football, as the Spartans come in to uh, take on Rudiger's, and they are laying five points as the favorite. I'll be at this game on, uh, on site tailgating cheering with the rest of the Michigan State fans. Hopefully Ike Reese and me can high-five or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Rico, that, I, you're the Michigan State expert for the Stucats. You, you, you're phenomenal breaking down this team. Uh, I feel like if people listen to you, they know, I mean, you possibly could be the next president of the university. Where? What's your take on this team? We've seen some really good things. We've seen the last – two games, some really bad second halves. Where, where are you feeling with this team? It's 5-0, and ranked 11th. I think it's a lot better than any of us expected. Um, well, I mean, this team's still a, a work in progress. We're sitting to 5-0, and and everybody's all excited. But, you know, a lot of people had them. Uh, before the season, people were like, hey, if they can go 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, make a bowl game, I would be happy. Well, you're going to move the goalposts a little bit. Because they're already at five and zero, they win. Uh, if they beat uh, Rutgers, which I think they will, they'll be bowl eligible right there. And now you got to ex- assess the the rest, the second half of the season. How many of those games between really good opponents can they actually win? And now, what type of bowl game are you going to? Are you going to the Motor City Bowl, New Year's Day Bowl, New Year's Six Bowl? You know, are you going to be in the Big Ten Championship? Can you knock off the Buckeyes? Could you knock off Iowa? So you got to be realistic when you see that. But saying that, they've been ahead of schedule. Uh, True Jim and Kenneth Walker III, or I like the nickname that they gave him, K-9, which I'm like, okay, that's easier to say. But, you know, he's the nation's leading rusher. He has something special about his game that other running backs, they're running backs. When he gets the ball, I like to say he's that lean forward type of guy. Whether you realize it or not, you lean forward anticipating something big about to happen. And you saw that he hurdles a guy and then dives into the end zone. So that's Kenneth Walker. You know, you got that running game. Peyton Thorne. I don't see how this was a competition. Now, the whole summer they kept saying, what's a competition? My guys, from what I see, not a competition. This is Peyton Thorne. If you got to go to Anthony Russo, this team's in trouble. Now, not to take away from Russo because you may need him as an emergency, but you're saying that Peyton Thorne just has a way about him. He's a redshirt sophomore, which means you could possibly have him for another two seasons, which is huge in college football. Because now that's like a coach on the on the on the field. It's like Connor Cook or Kirk Cousins. You know, once you get those multiple years, they're captains. You know, people believe in them. The connections that he has with Jaden Reed, who my God, if I have to hear one more person say their high school teammates. I may choke them out, but hey, Rico, did you know also, that? Uh, did you know that Matthew Stafford and Clint Kershaw went to high school together? Did you know that as well? No, but I <laughs> did hear that Tom Izzo and Mariucci were roommates in college. Oh, mind blown! Yeah, yeah. So, and, and Matt Trannon plays both football and and basketball. Uh, he was actually at the game, by the way. Um, so, but when, when you look at this team, Jaden Reed. The fact that he's now getting a rapport with Jalen Naylor and Trey Mosley and spreading the ball around, once again, this team's a working process. The defense is not the players that they want. It reminds me a lot of Narduzzi. When Narduzzi got there, he wanted to, he had this defense. And I remember Spartan fans hated it. They were like, we keep giving up big plays, and I don't like this. And he's like, I don't have the people who I want in here, but I'm building a foundation. Once I get the, the, the recruits that I want, this defense is going to get better, and then that's when all of a sudden the no-fly zone comes in. That's all of a sudden when you're looking at the guys on the D-line with Shalik Calhoun 
and the Lawrence Thomases and even the Malik McDowell's. They were getting the, the, the Marcus Rushes of the world, the Will Ghostons. They got it done because they got better players. The Michigan State defense looks is going to look a lot like Iowa's defense. They run a 4-2-5 defense. Once again, they don't have the horses right now. You need a good pass rush. You need a great pass rush. They got a decent pass rush right now. Hopefully, Drew Beasley comes back soon. I'm thinking he's probably back by the Michigan game. But they're still a work in progress. They're ahead of schedule. Tucker has them really believing in themselves. And and you're starting to see that they're taking on his personality. I I still say, you know, I was saying by year three, he would be competing for the Big Ten title. I'm going to move that up and say this time next year, they should be competing. And, 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 And so if you think about it, and once again, if they make it past Michigan and they beat the Wolverines, at this point, it comes down to their last two games. Maryland kind of showed that they were frauds. I thought Maryland was better, but Maryland went Maryland. Indiana just lost their QB for the year. So it's going to come down to Ohio State and Penn State. And if they knock off the Wolverines, they got a chance with both of those teams. Both of those teams have shown me that they can be beaten. Now, the irony is, They'd go back to the Big Ten Championship game, but this time I don't think that they can beat Iowa. Iowa's defense is just they don't make they don't make mistakes and they wait for you to make mistakes. And my God, they capitalize on them. Short field. Iowa's offense isn't that good. But the defense sets them up at the thirty five yard line and says, Can you at least kick a field goal? We we can do the rest. Rutgers coming in here, the Mountain Brothers, one gets uh, suspended for paintballs. Uh, the other, uh, the, the star wideout got hurt uh, in the game this past weekend against Ohio State. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a Noah Vedral guy. It just doesn't look like it's going to work. Square peg, round hole type deal. Pacheco's nice. The defense, they feel like they're – I, I made the, the analogy, they're Nebraska, but with a less potent offense. It, yeah, what's your that's take a, on That's a great way to put it. They're, they're going to play defense, but Nebraska, you you got to worry about Martinez. And you saw against Michigan State, two of his biggest plays, it looked as if the Spartans had him dead to right. He wiggles out, picks up 60-some yards, and another scramble, he picked up like 50-some yards. I don't think you're going to get that out of Vedral. Um, their defense is good. Uh, I think they're going to really come after Peyton Thorne. And Michigan State's going to have to kind of keep them off balance, maybe some screens and bubble screens, things like that, to kind of keep the pressure off in case they want to over-pursue. The beauty of MSU is, except for Nebraska, even the first half of Nebraska, they make you pick your poison. We can run the ball or we can pass the ball, either or. I, Peyton Thorne has an excellent touch on those deep routes. So I, I, I think going up against Rutgers, and, you know, let's, let's be honest, Mel Tucker, you know, he's got some swagger and a, and a little bit of pettiness to him. I think that he's going to sit there. I mean, especially coming out today when Greg Schiano is upset because Mel Tucker keeps saying, Mel Tucker keeps saying, you know, keep chopping. And he's like, well, that's our word. That's our term. It's like, oh, believe me, I've heard it. I've heard it for a couple of weeks now. I'm like, oh, okay. If that's the hill you want to die on, Shiano, I Tucker's not going to, you know, he ain't taking no knees. And I just think that the fact he remembers you embarrassed me in, in game number one, and you had people questioning whether or not I would be a good head coach here. There were a little, it'll be a little bit of a revenge factor in this game. I think they're favored by five and a half, and I think they're going to cover that five and a half. All right. You heard it from the man himself, Rico Beard. Rico, uh, where can the good people find you to, to hear more about uh, your takes on college athletics in general? Because it's almost basketball season, and I think just as much as you know about football, it's just as much on the basketball side of things. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, they can find me. I mean, you can go on Twitter at Rico Beard, R-I-C-O-B-E-A-R-D. You can find the Five Star Zone uh, in your Apple or Google Play stores. You download it wherever you get the podcast. It's free. We normally have one up once a week, but now 
we got an instant reaction that we kind of do either the night or the next morning right after uh, the game. So either it's up Saturday night if it's not any late games. Like, it's been late games lately, so it'll probably be up Sunday morning. Kind of a 10-minute instant reaction on what happened with Michigan, what happened on with Michigan State. But we go dig, we go deep in depth normally during the week on Wednesday. So they can do that. Uh, speaking of basketball, ironically enough for Michigan State, I think they're going to be led by a transfer whose last name is Walker. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> I, I love Walker. I love Tyson. If you saw him at Northeastern last year, he is, he was a monster. He single-handedly kept them in a game against North Carolina last year, uh, a game they had no business being in. That guy, he's, he's an electric player. Yeah, it's funny. Izzo pulls me aside because they had their open practice before the game on Saturday. And he's like, man, this team, I'll paraphrase what he said. He, his, he was a little more softier. He was just like, amazing how good a team looks when you got a point guard, right? They got a point guard. He's big on A.J. Hogart. Um, uh, he's lost like 20 pounds. You got Tyson Walker. You got Jaden Aikens, who could be a, an, an emergency point guard if you need it. They got ball handlers. This year. Let's just put it like that. Not like last year. You actually got some legitimate ball handlers. I think they go now back from being – just also ran. I don't think uh, unless they get hit with catastrophic injuries, they'll make the tournament easily. You won't have to sweat it out the way you did last year. Spartan fans. I was talking with a buddy of mine who covers Michigan. I think Michigan State's probably going to be in the second tier of Big Ten teams. I got uh, Michigan and Purdue are probably the best two teams coming in, at least on paper. He covers Michigan and he's not that He's not convinced because he's like, Michigan lost a lot. And I don't think people realize what they're missing until they see it again. There's a lot of players not there. It's real, like, especially in their, their, in their backcourt. I think Eli Brooks is the only, oh, did Brooks come back or no? Yeah, Brooks came back. Yeah. But other than that, you know, Shondi Brown and, and, and the dude with the Mohawk. Mike Smith. Frohawk. Yeah, they're gone. So he wasn't that high on them, but I think Michigan State's in the next tier with the Ohio State and with the uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, Maryland. Maryland brought in a ton of transfers, and Michigan State, Ohio State, Maryland, and it was one more. Indiana's oh, got a good team. Yeah, yeah Indiana's going to always be Indiana. I'm sorry. I have. Yeah, I know. Indiana I know. is the Maryland of basketball. <laughs> a lot of hype and never comes through with anything. Uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll pass word that Talia is not getting a, uh, a Christmas card from you this year. Uh, no, I, I like him. It's just for some reason, Maryland just when, every when Demis, year finds a way to disappoint me. When Demas left that game, it's like they, they just lost their entire offense. I, I, I don't understand right. it. I mean, I, I think Talia could be the Lions' next quarterback. I, I, I like what he does. If you missed out on the first Tungle of, uh, tongue of Valoa, maybe you get the second one. And give me Bailey Zappi, okay? I'll be good with that. You know, um, if you draft him in the, in the second or third round, that may not be a bad thing. He, Quick release. He's accurate. Um, may not be a bad pick. I agree with you there. Uh, Rico, thank you as always. Looking forward to another victory for MSU tweet that I can pin to my profile. Uh, thanks again, and, and we'll be seeing you soon. All right, thanks, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. we got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat 
every week here as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com, and we're looking forward to football season. All right, welcome back. Uh, it's time for our cards, our picks. Thank you to Rico. Thank you to uh, PTF and the ITM crew. Odds Honest Truth, once again, coming at you on the In The Money YouTube network uh, and the podcast as well. Uh, so check it out wherever you get your podcast. So Rich and uh, Craig are doing a great job on NFL, and I throw out a few ideas. Um, we've got a little bit of controversy here. We're going to get to it. But I, I don't want to be in a... a aggressive mood so i'm going to start with the bobcat bobcat coming into this week tough sled uh 13 and 21 one in five on the locks however his underdogs are hitting four and one this show continues to nail underdogs across the board um a winning record by everybody i think overall as I counted up, uh, 17 and four, an underdog plays this year. Uh, folks, if you aren't listening to the underdog plays, I, I can't help you. 17 and four is like, it, it, it's crazy. But uh, Bobcat, what do you got this week? Yeah, so I'm going to start off my locks here, Stu. I think uh, Georgia being favored by anything less than 20 points against a laughable Auburn team. Look, I'm going to reverse line this puppy up to 27 and a half. What's your official play? Because I got I got I to get the official plays at 27 and a half. It's 27 and a half. That's why I'm telling you. If the book will let me do it to 27 and a half, by God, I'm doing it. But I, I will get you. As soon I, as I know I what the book is. will. If, I, if the I think book that's the most you can. I think that's the most you, the book will allow you to go. Yes. All right. So, yes, Bobcats playing UGA by 27 and a half versus I the will Bonds. double up. If, if UGA covers, I will double up your your uh, thing. No, double I it don't. Up. No, no, I don't need you're, that. You're, okay. Well, I'm saying that's what I'm going to do. Because if you're reverse lining, you're turning a, you know, minus 110 into a plus 300, I'm going to double. Yeah, dude. The, everything that I've seen from Georgia and look, I'm heading down to Georgia tomorrow. Uh, and what I'm hearing is that the fan base is not their cocky, arrogant, dumbass self this year. It's actually like, if I'm a Georgia fan and you're a Georgia fan, it's just like, you look at each other and you nod because you know, this team has character. They're blowing people out of the fucking water. They came out at a noon game and registered on the Dewey decimal system. Okay. And they put their fucking foot on Arkansas's throat 10 minutes in the football game and didn't let up for the next 50 goddamn minutes. And it was fucking beautiful. Okay. And the way the team is responding, they're getting healthy. They've got players coming back from injuries, big zeros back in there. He's fucking bringing fire to that fucking team. I mean, they have charisma. It reminds me, and I told you this, Stu, it reminds me of the 09 Alabama team where Mark Ingram was running, you know, more of your wildcat schemes towards the end of the year. George is doing that in week fucking four and week five. That's what George is doing. So listen, Bo Nix is definitely not back and better than before. Uh, look, throw him in the garbage. He's going to be a lobbyist for Alabama Power, a Southern company, in the next couple of years lobbying for Senator Tuberville because that's where losers go. That's where he's going to go. Uh, my next pick, Alabama by a zillion versus Texas A&M. Look, I really hope those yell leaders, you know, lean way back. I don't know what they were doing. A guy leaning back every 10 seconds, given a Mississippi State story. Uh, you got your asses kicked by Mississippi State. And we know Alabama's not Mississippi State. Okay. Hell fate. Hell fate. Mississippi State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roll Tide and enjoy the Gator Bowl, Jimbo Fisher, with your $95 million. My underdog play of the week. I'm taking Texas here and Urban Meyer's marriage to Shelly. I think Urban recovers from his weekend sex capades and has a fruitful marriage with a side of heart issues, causing him to accept the job at Florida again. 
and forced loser Dan Mullen, who smiles when you get your ass beat by Kentucky, who, you know, gained all of 90 yards against you. Uh, look, that those are my picks. You're welcome. All right, so your card is just a lock and a dog. It's two locks. Alabama's a lock. Georgia's a lock. Texas is a dog. Okay. Give me Alabama. Give me Alabama by 19 and a half. That's what I'll play him at. Okay, another reverse line. Bobcat brings the fire. He introduces Urban's wife into the picture. That's something I wasn't counting on. Um, hey, I'm not, I don't stick my fingers places they don't belong in bars, okay? And I don't make an excuse that I was eating dinner with my grandkids and then my wife disputed that and said, no, she was home babysitting the grandkids. I don't do point that. Out, everything Bobcat's saying is alleged. It's all alleged. Um, it's on video, Urban. <laughs> it's alleged. It's alleged. Uh, Ur- for legal Urban purposes, liar. this is alleged. You can, you know, think Urban what liar. you want. Understood. Uh, J.C. Shelton. All right. Uh, he's coming into this week. Uh, <laughs> narrowly missed a undefeated week last week. 13 what? and 6. Four and one on his locks, six and oh on his dogs. Great job, JC. What what do you got for us this week? Ow, I did not lose. I, I made the pick of Georgia to cover Arkansas on the show. The show. Okay, ended. what what would you Days write on Twitter? Had passed. I wrote on Twitter. Twitter, listen, I was would you write on Twitter? What were the words that you wrote on Twitter? I said, no way Arkansas covers with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Now that was absolutely terribly wrong, terribly wrong, and I was I was gladly wrong because I took them. I I, I mean I put the bank where it was. All right, I put the bank on on Georgia. All right, I didn't make another bet at that time. I didn't. I have so a I question. Be- I have a question from a listener. Let me, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Okay, Rob in New Jersey writes in and What's asked up, me. He asked me, uh, "Can you see if uh, somebody tweeted?" From JC's phone that he lost at the Clemson Georgia game. Your your thoughts, Rob? That is exactly what happened. I mean, I, okay. it had to be because I guess I guess you know, Rob. Just congratulations, man. What a what a way to enter the show. Get your name out there and just have a great point. That's what I needed. I, I appreciate that boost. So could you fix my record there, Stu? I mean, it is your show though. It is your show. If you want me to have a loss because of a last second whim of unfaithfulness which I will never, un, you know, diss Stetson Bennett whatsoever again. Not going to happen. He's not convinced. I think, I think he learned his lessons, Stu. Yeah. I think, you should give him, I think you should give him the undefeated weekend. I think, look, he made a good shout-out about the Dewey Decimal System. Stetson Bennett will go on to be a librarian one day. Look, he just, he's on Stetson's team now. Back in the he, he made up for it. Trust the chaw. See, that's what I didn't do. He didn't even have to throw the football very much. I mean, they just ran it down Arkansas's throat. Yep, seven of eleven. He handed right, it off. Chris, handed CBD, it off. what's your take on this? I'm I'm a magnanimous ruler. I've been compared to Stalin, to Mussolini, great leaders, Putin. What's your thought? You have a better head than all of them. I'm I'm gonna actually side with JST on this. On the show, he made the pick. It's as if he placed the bet on Thursday or on Wednesday when we recorded this. Found out on Saturday that JT Daniels was not starting. And sounds like to me that he shit his pants. Um, you know, after the game, I'm hoping he got a clean pair of pants and underwear and, and was good for the rest of the day. Walk around like that because otherwise it's gross. But I will give him credit for the win because that was pre-shitting his pants. Thank okay. you, Chris. Well, the final that. rulings, and I've, I've listened to all parties. Uh, we're going to amend the record. Instead Thank of six you. losses, JC is going to have five. His official record on the show will be, because it wasn't a lock, so your locks stayed the same, four and one, underdog six and zero. Oh, stays the same. You will be now joining Chris with the 13, 5, and 1. You have a draw. You have 13, a draw. 13, 5, and 4, minus one pair of pants. Yes. 
And and the minus one is going to haunt you because daddy's getting hot. But we'll save that for a little bit. JC, what do you got this week? Utterly confused now without that last statement, Stu. Um, but I, I do want to say, you know, I actually was wrong twice. Freezing cold takes got me too. I'm all, I've made it. But <laughs> I actually, you know, last week really threw me off on the George beat because I heard about JT Daniels practicing. And to me, in a top 10 matchup, you know, I don't watch film like the Georgia coaches. In a top 10 matchup, you play the guy who can practice. And he was practicing. But they still played Stetson. And that says a lot about Stetson. And it says a lot about this matchup on the Arkansas D-line that I just wasn't seeing because they just ran the ball down the throats. An offensive line who had not ran the ball as well as they should have been until this game. That, that should show you something. Um, but we'll, we'll stay right there with Georgia. Locke. Georgia to cover 14 and a half. Is that where you have it, Stu? I have it at 15 and a half. Okay, that's that's fine. Uh, I guess I looked at it. No, 15, excuse me. 15, yeah, yeah. So we're going to take Georgia to cover 15. I like what Bobcat's saying about working it back a little bit, but I'm not going to be that ballsy with it. Just give me 15. Um, You know, a crazy stat here. I want to name off to you real quick. Plug uh, Sarah Dog on Twitter. Average offensive drives versus UGA. Start at the 25 and end at the 36. Georgia is allowing teams to cross midfield two and a half times a game. And the SEC, the next best is A&M. Their average, a and 46. Uh, so that's a 20-yard difference that you're keeping up at home there. Forget the teams aren't scoring. You know, it's just they can't get across the 50 on Georgia. Um, and then here's the average yards allowed per offensive drive. Georgia, 11.75. Guess who's next? Auburn, 24.1. Yeah. 24 point they're actually 13th 24 point <laughs> they're actually they're actually ahead of Iowa Bobcat um, that's shocking yeah dude it, that's incredible when you think about it and it, it kind of makes sense because of how Arkansas was in there they made it to the 50 twice they're in their own territory the whole game and when Georgia's special teams is the most dominant in the country right now as well and that's something that people aren't taking into account they control the field position not only do they have the best defense we've seen in a while they control the field position too uh, so their offense is always in good position. It really is. So Stetson come in. Stetson did it last year. Stetson came in through, you know, 170 yards, a couple touchdowns, and Georgia won. Actually, it was more than 170. And Georgia walked off with a win that nobody thought they were going to get because Stetson was in. Um, and I don't see – I think this Georgia team's better, and they're getting healthier. Bobcat made a good point about Darnell Washington. Big O, 6'7", 250 coming in. And he's an inline blocker, and he did a lot of that against Arkansas. I think we're going to see him more involved in the pass game. And then Tyke Smith on the defensive side did not play against Arkansas. Uh, Kirby said he was still working back from that foot injury. But, again, number one defensive back returning in the country. He's going to get some snaps. Kirby said he's, took, he's taking more reps this week in practice. So I like Georgia definitely. I, I think 15 is, is definitely feasible for Georgia. They might be won by 30. Um, hey, so real quick, Bobcat, yeah. do you remember last year when we did our SEC preview and somebody asked who Zaire White was? Yeah, who, who asked that? I don't know. Oh, it's a Georgia fan. Straight up, JC. We did an SEC preview. We went in depth on Georgia. And somebody was like, who's Zaire White? I don't recognize that name. See, I went I went so high on Georgia during the COVID year that I thought they would perform this well last year. Uh, and now I, I'm I'm glad to see that it's it's coming to fruition. I think that uh it's a crash course, and I'll even I'll even put this out there. I told Stu today, I said it's a crash course to the first Saturday in December in Atlanta, and I said whoever wins in Atlanta, both teams are going to the playoff, but whoever wins in Atlanta will lose in the national championship in a revenge game. Book it. I don't care who wins, but whoever wins in Atlanta loses in the natty in a revenge game because that's how Kirby and Saban roll, and you can put that in stone. One of those two teams are going to be your national champions. Weird. I don't think George is going to lose either game. All right, JC, go ahead. All right, so let's go ahead and let's hit. I got two dogs this week for you. I'm, Stu, that's 6-0 and on the dogs, correct? You're 6-0 and on the dogs. Go ahead. All right. What do you have the Stanford-Arizona State line at, Stu? Because I always have a different. Last I checked, it was, it was substantial. It was mm-hmm. 10 and a half. Chris, I got 13. You I, got thir- I thought it was 12 and a half. 
I'm pulling okay, so up I've the seen Barstool an 11, Sportsbook I've seen a 13. right now. Let's see. Uh, a Barstool Sportsbook has it at uh, 12 and a half. We'll go 12 and, 12 and a half. Cool. Shout out Barstool Sportsbook. Free plug there. Um, Stanford. I love Stanford right now against Arizona State. I have no idea where the line's so big. Maybe Chris can help us out on that. But Stanford's coming off that big win versus Oregon. And remember, let's 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 all go back to a few weeks while Oregon was all of a sudden a number three team in the country. We just slotted them in there, like you know, for no reason. And that's why the rankings are so BS right now. I, I, I hate them. They're just ridiculous. Penn State's not number fourteen. Just not. They're not. I was not a top five team either. I don't think so. Their offense just can't do it. But Stanford, I love them here. I, I mean, I know it's at Arizona State, but what – I mean, is that a very big, you know, home advantage in Arizona State? Yes. I don't know. Never been there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I know they got pretty chilly. Because it's there's usually hot and there's some elevation concerns too. Okay. Okay. Well, Stanford got some heat too. And they got some heat in their offense too. And I think they were playing well enough on defense to really stop Arizona State. So that's your dog. Uh, they're going to definitely cover – um, 13, Arkansas at 17, Ole Miss. Um, I really think that it's Ole Miss's game here just with that offensive firepower. You know, I, I don't want to get maybe, you know, too out of whack here on, on Arkansas's capabilities just because Georgia, you know, demolished them so bad. I think the gap there is a lot. So I do think Arkansas keeps it within a field goal. So they're going to cover – I got it six and a half, Stu. I'll, I'll give you six and a half. Okay, cool. That, that, that game's going to be a field goal either way, so that's your second dog. And then I got two more picks here. Michigan at Nebraska, number nine Michigan at Nebraska. Michigan's minus three, right? Minus three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Michigan's rolling. Dominant win over Wisconsin last week. We know they're trash, but I think Nebraska's trash too. We'll keep. I think Nebraska will keep it a game in the first half, but it's Wolverines from there. I think they're rolling. I think, you know, we talked about it last week. Took Michigan, too. Harbaugh's got that look in his eye, man. He's got something going. Their offense is moving. Their defense plays well, especially on third down. So, I like I like them right now um, at Nebraska. And then LSU is my last pick at number 16, Kentucky. I, I, I was worried about taking this one um, just because, you know, Ed O's playing for his job. His players usually love him. And then, you know, a Kentucky team who just came off a big emotional win, and they got – number two Georgia, and that defense in Athens next week. So it's a kind of a weird spot for Kentucky when you think about it. Um, but I think I think it's a five-point game. So I like Kentucky here uh, to cover that. I got it three. Kentucky's by three. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I think it's a five-point game, so that's fine. Uh, give me that. And that and that's, that's the picks, boys. All righty. Uh, good luck and God bless playing some Pac-12 football. You're going to need it. Uh, CBD, uh, NC Sports, you guys are starting to pick up on these uh, star plays. I know this is a tough week looking at the board. A, a, a week you got to get the board to love you because you don't love it. Uh, Chris, what, what do you guys got cooking over at NC Sports? And I know Power Sweep's out. Uh, shout out to Power Sweep wherever you're listening to your podcast. Well, first, I got to ask you one question, Stu. What's really good? I'll tell you what's really good. Kent State. I love the Golden Flashes this week. Is that your lock? That is my lock. And I'll tell you what. This might be – I don't love the card, but there are just really this game and and a couple others that I really, really like. Um, Looking at Kent State. It, they're a team that, you know, look at who they've had to play defensively. They, they started the season out with Texas A&M, and they, they, they hung around. They were only down three at halftime. They played pretty well defensively for the most part. You know, A&M's offense has been shit, so, it, you know, we can't take that seriously. But Dustin Crum had a rough game that game against the Texas A&M defense that is pretty good uh, in the secondary. They played Maryland. Moved the ball well in Maryland failed to convert inside the red zone, had two touchdowns called back, a lot of missed opportunities there. Um, they played Iowa. We, we've already talked about what Iowa's defense is doing. That was a terrible matchup for them. And they played a surprisingly good uh, 
Bowling Green team who is much better defensively than everyone realized. As a matter of fact, you know, we have our own pass efficiency defense ratings. And I was going through the ratings this week and I noticed uh, someone in the top five looked a little weird. Uh, The top five was Cincinnati one, Georgia two, uh, Iowa three. Uh, I can't remember who was four. It might've been, it might've been Bama. I I can't remember. It was probably Michigan state. uh, And then Bowling Green was number five. And it occurred to me that Kent state's played Iowa, who was number, uh, number three, uh, A&M, who was number 14, uh, who was, uh, um, Oh, shoot. Who else did they? Uh, Maryland, who's, who was number 30, and then Bowling Green, who was number five. So they've played four of the top five, top 30 pass efficiency defenses. Bowling Green comes in. I mean, B- Buffalo comes in at number 114. And I watched that whole Buffalo-Western Michigan game Me in too. pure anger last week because that should have been a blowout. Western Michigan repeatedly got inside the red zone, fumble at the two-yard line, missed field goal inside the red zone. Uh, stopped on downs at the two-yard line. And it, what ended up being a 14-point game in the fourth quarter, that they, they gave up a backdoor push on a late touchdown. <clears throat> I think Dustin Crum, who only has three touchdown passes this season, is going to go off this week against a bad Buffalo secondary. Like I said, that they, they've given up a lot of pass yards, number 114 in the nation in pass efficiency defense. And I, I just think that Kent State laying less than a touchdown at home is a great value play here because even last week they had they settled for three field goals after going inside the Bowling Green 16. So just an offense that we saw what they're capable of last year. We saw what Dustin Crum is capable of, but he's just had to play some defenses that his offense didn't match up well against this weekend they do so I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards this is going to be the game he breaks out and Kent State's going to win this game by I I think they win this game by at least two touchdowns um as for my underdog we had this discussion last night Stu I I went back and forth on whether to use it because I know you're going to the game but I think the Rutgers Scarlet Knights pull the upset this week um I just like how they played Michigan holding Michigan, the two first downs in the second half of that game. You take it. You're taking the points. I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking the points. Cause a, I'm a tough guy, a tough guy, a real guy, uh, you know, a wrestler, you, you would I, take the money. Yeah. Well, you know what? Sometimes we got to be a little more conservative, I guess, cause I'm not that kind of guy. I, I take the points, baby. I, I, I want to come out with a better record than, uh, than I would if I, I don't want to lose this game because Michigan State kicks a game-winning field goal. But the other thing is Michigan State got pretty outplayed against Nebraska a couple weeks ago. Pretty fortunate to come out of that game a winner. Um, you know, Rutgers last week, I felt like they they ran into a team that's hitting their stride right now in Ohio State. They didn't have the weapons to match up. I am a little concerned about the injuries. We talked about uh, Melton, their wide receiver, and their left tackle being hurt. The left tackle, I, I looked into it. He, he, he's not uh, hes not irreplaceable, so I think they're going to be okay. Melton's a concern, but I think they'll be able to get it done on the ground. I think they're going to run the ball. I, I like Pacheco. Uh, so I, I'll take the points of Rutgers. Um, uh, as far as the rest of my card goes, I'm going to go Ohio State-Maryland over. I do think there's still issues on the, the Ohio State defense, but I think Ohio State's offense is just going to put up a ton of points against the Maryland defense. Um, Tagovailoa will have a little bit of a bounce back week. I can't imagine him throwing five interceptions. And don't forget, Tulsa did put up 500 yards against Ohio State's defense. So I will take the over, which I believe is at like 69. I don't think that's uh, that's too many points there. Um and other than that, I'll throw one more game out there. I like Bama and AM to go under. Uh, I, I think that uh, Bama's got a little bit of a concern as far as their depth at running back with McClellan out. I think the Jimbo knows the only way to win this game or have a chance to win it, which obviously they're not going to win it. But the only way to stay in this game is to run the ball and eat as much clock as possible. Frankly, I don't see how AM is going to score. So after seeing the way Bama's play, play, 
Bama played defensively. I think that, you know, A&M's tops might be 10 points because that's all they've been able to muster up most games anyways. So uh, I will take the under, and I think Brian Robinson, they're going to have to give him a little break this week. It's 36 carries last week. I think you're going to see more uh, Roy Dell Williams and maybe Trey Sanders, who hasn't really looked all that great when he's gotten to see action. Uh, but they're going to have to, you know, maybe rely on a pass game a little bit more, but I still think A&M is going to grind a lot of clock in this game. Um, so I will take the under uh, 51, I believe it's at right now. All right, beautiful. Uh... And by the way, Chris, I don't think I mentioned your uh, stats. 14-9-1, and 4-1 and one on the locks, 3-2 and two on the dogs for the season. Not bad. Still trailing JC slightly uh, way ahead of the Bobcat. Speaking of way I, I, ahead. I, I, Stu, throw on Georgia for me because it is our power sweep four-star. I'll, I'll let that one out. I usually try not to use that play, but it's I can't not use Georgia. Fair enough. Trying to pad them stats, trying to catch JC. I I, I hear you. Uh, I, I, I'm going to level with you folks, even 20 and 20. I mean, I make the most picks, you know, I think I'm the, the most astute college football analyst on this panel, 20 and 20, three and five on the locks, four and one on the dogs. Let's get to the card. Bama 18 Minus 18, I'm going to have them. Uh, reasons have already been mentioned. Kent State, minus five. I like that play. Thank you, CVD. Uh, Western Kentucky, UTSA over. This is more of a play because I think Bailey Zappi throws for 1,000 yards in this game. Um, so I'm going to take the over 70. Maryland, OSU, both these defenses are abysmal, horrific absolute abortions give me the over 71 as well i really like iowa minus two i think this team is so much the best uh in the big 10 currently the most well-rounded team in the big 10 give me iowa minus two for my locks i am going to take the fighting bulldogs from the other a and and uh georgia minus 15 i'm not going to push it to minus 38 and a uh, a quarter like Bobcat did. I'll do that. My dog of the week, the Pirates are from East Carolina uh, getting 10. This line just is weird. And for a team that lost to uh, Navy last week, like UCF did, um, horrific. Uh, there's some things going on on the Gus bus. It's, it's on the side of the road getting uh, its tires looked at and they're looking at the alternator. Um, so that I think wraps it up. I don't think I have anything. Oh, I do have something on my card. Michigan state minus five and a half. Let's fucking go. That'll do it for the show. For the Bobcat, for JC, for CBD. Go MSU, go green. Rob, I'm coming to fucking ruin your house. I am going to. I'm going to go through a table. It's going to be like a Bills game. And uh, thank you again for offering the tickets to me. All right. I'll see you guys next week on the Stu Cast.